Well, look at that. I'm back on a Monday. I think this is six in a row. So it's good. I'm holding myself to this and continuing to keep stuff rolling, keep recording, and uh, don't let this podcast die horribly. Um, it's nice. The numbers go up. People are listening. Um, so hopefully me rambling and kind of going over what's going on is interesting to people in some way. So I'm going to keep it up, keep going. Um, one nice thing that kind of happened to me recently was um, one of my friends has one of those little, little British cars. Um, and it's super fun to drive around in, but one of the neat things is, is it's tiny, tiny thing. And um, when I get in it, there's barely any room for people in it. It doesn't have any seatbelts, so it's grandfathered in that you don't even have to um, have safety belts or anything. <clears throat> and it's this tiny thing. And so it's neat because you cram yourself in it and he's driving us around the city. And um, no matter where you go, whatever intersection, street, whatever, it seems that uh, whoever's kind of pulling up beside you, they look at you and kind of give you a weird look. And then if it seems like if they're from another country or if they're a car person, they start asking, like, they wave you down and start asking a bunch of questions about it. And it's super neat because we're in this day and age where everyone kind of zones out. They're listening to their music or they're doing whatever in their car. So it was kind of neat to go for the ride in this fancy little old school Brit car. And the attention you get and everyone kind of looking at you and staring at you strange. And even just rolling down their windows and starting a conversation. It was super cool and super fun and just to kind of zip around in this tiny little convertible car was pretty fun and I quite enjoyed it it was a neat little zip around for the life of me I wish I could remember what model it was but I'm not a supercar guy so I'll have to look that up though and hopefully he invites me to go for another rip around because it was pretty fun to get out and in the nice weather and just go for a drive on the weekend um what else I got going on here? Um, in my own little endeavors of trying to get back into shape and get back into the, some sports and stuff, I've dove right back into the NBA, and now I'm starting to watch modern games, current games, and everything pretty much ranging from the NBA on NBC era, which I think they took over the rights to the NBA on TV in 1991, and that was the first year that Jordan won a title. And so I've been trying to watch a lot of the stuff that leads up to his first championship. I really enjoyed the cast of the NBA on NBC, like Marv Albert, Mike Fratello, and those people, Ahmad Rashad. I think Quinn Buckner was there, uh, Hannah Storm, Peter Vesey. Uh, I think Pat Riley was there for a bit. But they just had really good um, commentators and people for analysts on the desk. And so... It was nice to go back to that and just kind of start watching the wind down of the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird era, the ramp up of the Michael Jordan era. And then I've kind of dabbled in like the Kobe Shaq era. And then I got to work my way through that. But I know I did attempt to watch some of the NBA finals with the Raptors and I just couldn't gravitate to the game. I didn't enjoy it. It seems like a lot of just passing around the horseshoe to get a three point shot off. And I had, it's funny how I had never thought of it when I used to play quite a bit. Just the math behind 
the fact that even if you shoot 40% from the three-point line, you're going to score more points in a game than if you shoot 50% from anywhere inside. So just mathematically speaking, working and making more three-pointers and just taking more three-pointers as your possessions um, mathematically makes more sense and you'll score more. And so the league numbers are up. I think they're back up to where they were in like the wild west of the the 80s. I think there was always like games in the 100s, 120s on a regular basis. And then I feel like with the Elijah Wan, Ewing, Shaq, uh, David Robinson, and then into your Tim Duncans and that, I think the big men really, really slowed the game down and made it boring. So I get, I get the argument that high scoring is fun. But it was also high scoring in the 80s when it was what they consider the dirty era. So I'm trying to take it all in, watch the different errors and see which ones I like. But at this time, it's really hard for me to dig in and enjoy the modern stuff. So I'll try and take in some games from the bubble here and the lead up to the this year's NBA finals and see how I like it, see how it goes. But I'm more enjoying my personal journey and just kind of now that I can run 5K, I think I ran, yeah. So since my last podcast, I've completed the Couch to 5K program. That was super fun. So I'm just going to keep that up and run every two, three days. And so now I'm trying to go out and work on just basketball skills because one of my goals now is once things open up, God forbidding, it's not like 2022 when things finally lighten up, I'll uh, get at it. So I'll start honing my skills and hopefully I get to show off any that I've redeveloped (laughs) before winter rolls in here. So that's kind of my basketball thoughts. I'm really enjoying that YouTube has just a huge amount of just games from every generation, pre-high def, post-high def, and I can go through all the different eras, right? Like the Bird Johnson era, um, the Michael Jordan era, the Kobe Bryant era, and I guess now is the LeBron era and Curry. So it's fun. I'm digging in, trying to learn some names because God knows I probably don't know 98% of the league. So it's fun and it's nice to kind of sit back and relearn and just start kind of loving basketball again. The other weird thing that I kind of noticed now that I've been running quite a bit is uh, I didn't notice that one of the side effects and it came back with me moving back to the office is now anytime I'm offered anything or there's food up for grabs or like me wanting to have a snack, I never realized that, uh, sorry about that. I never realized that almost everything I do, I put it into my phone now, like anything I eat. And because I was doing, I was maintaining a calorie deficit to get myself down to 170 pounds from 210, 215. And now I think I came to the realization that everything now is a calorie to me when I look at it because vegetables, I'm like that. Those don't count. So I can eat as many of those as I want in a day almost. But then when I'm looking at anything that's either sugary or carby or fatty, um, (laughs) I'm almost like pinching the pennies is a metaphor for like, um, what can I fit in in a day, right? Like if I have a Like if my son didn't eat all of his toast in the morning, if I have a slice of toast, I got to add that on to what I'm doing for the rest of the day because I still like to try and cut myself off between 2,000 and 2,500 depending on whether I'm running or how active I am for the day, right? So it's just kind of, 
I find it I think it's pretty boring that I've reduced all of my eat like there's no pleasure in eating anymore like there is pleasure like I still want to have like a hamburger or a pizza uh, every once in a while but everything seems to have been boiled down to a number now and I'm trying to fit everything under this number and some days I'm done eating by two in the afternoon and other days I can prolong it a little bit I I do think that one of the keys to me gaining or not gaining but meeting my goals and getting my weight down was the intermittent fasting so I don't want to throw that out the window right away now that I'm kind of leaned up and ready to go but I still want to kind of keep what was working for me going and just not be like woohoo I'm 170 pounds now I can go nuts and eat cheeseburgers every day and ramp it back up to 190 and be on this roller coaster for the rest of my life so I have to pretty much lead this boring life now that I have to pretty much in my mind assess everything and just kind of keep calories under under control and just not let it get back to where it was where I was in my late 30s early 40s where I just kind of ate what I wanted was carb heavy and had a big supper and then just would go to bed on a lot of food in my stomach and I think I found a nice routine and is it fun no but I think I found what really works for me so counting calories all day long um another kind of nice thing is I was talking with uh one of my stand-up comedian friends and it looks like the places that do open mics in the city are kind of reopening or coming up with a plan so the countdown's on for that because I wanted to work and at least do one open mic routine before the end of the year and so now it sounds like the clock's ticking on that also so that's a pretty exciting thing so I've also I have two kind of notepads in my phone one is for um, podcast ideas that I kind of go through now on my Monday rants and just kind of go through things and kind of touch on things that I think are interesting some of the notes I erase because then later I'm like nah that's worth talking not worth talking about and so the other notepad I have open is stand-up ideas and that kind of follows under the same plan of I'll throw little either ideas or sentences or just kind of I things that I think will be funny and then at the end of every week I kind of go through and be like okay that's kind of a good concept or what the hell was I thinking there and so I'm kind of enjoying that there's a deadline for that so now I can pick which things I think are funny or what I think it would work uh I'm pretty sure you only get three minutes for stand-up so it's there's not a big window there and this is my first go at it and I don't want to run down the driveway and smash my face into the street out of control so I want to pick what works so now there's a clock ticking and it sounds like it's a month who knows how many people are going to allow into these establishments if it's just going to be the local comedians throwing jokes at each other and of course I want to be COVID safe and then if there's masks how will delivery work if your face is covered too so in theory clock's ticking on a month for that kind of excited it was a project that I kind of wanted to do when everything got locked down so this will be exciting I'm kind of pumped to see things open up I know when I listen to Bill Burr's podcast he's just dying to get stand up out of his system again and I don't think his podcast is doing 100% for him so I get that there's an itch and this is definitely something that's been on my goal list for a long time and I just 
want to get it flying, get it going. And so now that there's a deadline a month or so out, even if I don't go right away, I know I have a month-ish or two to take what I think or what I think will work as a routine and hammer it down, start memorizing stuff and get it rolling. Um, What else we got going on here? It's been kind of... Last week I did that ramble about my personality test and it was almost an hour and which was crazy but I hope people kind of see what I took away from it and maybe take the test themselves I know I have some co-workers that took the test some of them think it was bang on other ones kind of disagree but in reality I think it was pretty much like maybe they disagree because they don't see that in themselves or the percent was higher or lower than they figured it would be but it's kind of nice, and now that I'm at work, there's a couple of us there, and we go over it and we chat about it, and um, my coworker's going to bring up her results here this week, and it'll be kind of neat to like look at it and see how it worked for someone else, because I feel for me, it hit pretty bang on for me, and so it's kind of neat, and then it, I'll see if they take anything from it to kind of develop themselves, themselves as a person also. Um, what else is going on? Um... A lot of video game stuff going on. Uh, Epic Games just sued Apple and Google because I had no idea that these companies were taking 30% of all apps that are sold and then all anything that's like an in-app purchase, they get 30% of that. And so Epic, the makers of Fortnite, which everyone has been playing for the last couple of years, they've now become a billion-dollar company. And so... Now, I guess they went and offered a thing inside the app when you play Fortnite in, on your phone or tablet that you can buy the in-game currency through the Apple Store or just by normal means and let them take their cut. Or you can buy it at a discount directly from Epic Games and uh, and then it you pay way less, but it's pretty much, it almost seems like that 30% is there, but then... so. They get their cut, but they're just denying Apple and Google pretty much their cut. <laughs> so it's them giving a big F you. And it's funny because when they did this, I think they knew they were going to get their hand slapped or kicked out of the app store, right? And so they had a complete ad campaign ready and waiting. And it was a complete ripoff of the original um, when Apple took its shots. I believe it was at IBM or Microsoft in the 80s. They came up with this ad and saying that the big company was holding down the little man. And so now it's an exact ripoff of that ad using Fortnite characters. And it's them saying now Apple's become the big bad monster and it's the little guy's time to rise up. And so it's a cool ad. It's a neat little slap in the face. And now they've sued Apple. And I don't know if they've sued Google, but I know they've sued Apple for having a monopoly. So we'll see where this goes. It's pretty interesting stuff, I think. And um, at the end of the day, it's billionaires fighting with bigger billionaires. So we're still paying the same price for everything. Well, we're not. But at the end of the day, Epic's making the same amount of money. And they probably still make way more money through the PC and other like console platforms that them getting punted off the, uh, the app store and off devices for a little bit while this hissy fit um, happens. Um It'll be neat, though. So, But like I said, at the end of the day, it's billionaires fighting billionaires. And so now anyone that has been playing purely on a tablet or a phone 
are completely hooped out of their money that they've been investing through this because now those games have been punted right off the store. So interesting. Um, but once again, it's it's a video game, right? Um, what else is going on? Um, double the Kamala information. Uh, being a young wrestling fan, I remember Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter. Um, the man who played him passed away last week. And um, he was one of those big, giant, terrifying, evil monsters that kind of they would throw at Hulk Hogan every once in a while. That was like the big imposing um, thing that he would have to overcome. So he was a very scary, big character. And um, sadly, he passed away. But I think he had some pretty bad health problems. I think he lost both legs ages ago um, and other health problems. So... That was sad news for wrestling fans. Um, And then the other Kamala news is uh, Joe Biden has picked his vice presidential running mate and he kept his promise of a a, um, woman of minority for his running mate. And he picked Kamala Harris, which uh, one of my little guilty pleasures is keeping track of presidential politics in the States, mostly because Trump has created a tire fire. Um, But I just have really enjoyed watching the Democratic Party process of picking who's running uh, last time when it ended up being Hillary. And now this time around with it being Joe, um, I've just enjoyed kind of keeping track of everything. And I was I was kind of floored that they picked Kamala Harris. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't. She's kind of, if you watch Jimmy Dore, he kind of has her pegged as she'll do what she's told by corporate or not corporate media, but like she'll toe the company line and whoever is paying for the Democratic Party stuff. Um, But she had her battleship sunk pretty hard during the debates when they were trying to pick their Democratic leader. And I remember Tulsi Gabbard went after her hard and um, pretty much made her out to be this villainous person and pretty much ruined her chances. And I remember Kamala Harris was a pretty big front runner when she was going into those debates originally and then she had that run-in with Tulsi and Tulsi pretty much said like you denied a man from um, I think it was evidence that would have got a man off death row Kamala Harris denied that um, she was keeping people's sentences longer because they only had to pay them was it a dollar an hour or a dollar a day when there was all the forest fires in California so she has a pretty horrific track record and I think a lot of people were kind of glazing over it and hoping she was a front runner along with Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. And so it was kind of funny at the time because these highlight, I think Tulsi was the most Googled person from the debate after that night, just because she went hard after Kamala with all these facts, just showing what a horrible person was when she was um, in charge of the justice system in California. And so <laughs> it was pretty strange, but Joe promised to bring in very specific qualities and what he was going to run with, right? So Kamala Harris was probably the most qualified of it, but it's just all I think of is the uh, the Tulsi Gabbard thing is pretty funny. And I'm pretty sure that once we get down to things here, that is going to be a major highlight when Trump starts running his smear campaigns for the election coming up. Um, what else I got going on? Uh, back to video games. Um, it's pretty neat. The top game on Steam, if you're a big gamer, is a game called Fall Guys. And once again, super simple concept where you just create a little avatar yourself. 
and then you go in with a whole bunch of people and you run through this weird little obstacle course thing and it's like it's so funny how like the simplest like some of these games that have incredible graphics or like they'll attach themselves to what the flavor of the week is already like a battle royale format but they'll try and make it um better graphics or they'll use like all these things to try and hook you in but it never seems like the graphics or the super high quality games are the ones that end up winning like fortnite's not the prettiest game but it's kind of held people's attention for such a long time and so now you have this game called fall guys where you have this goofy little avatar that you make and all you're doing is running through these weird obstacle courses and trying to get to the end first while fucking over the other people that are playing the game at the same time and so now that's like the number one viewed on viewed game on twitch right now and it's so ludicrous and such a simple concept but once again like keep it simple right and so this game i guess is having huge problems because their servers can't keep up with what's going on and that harkens back to even like when world of warcraft blew up they could not keep up with servers and think there would be like an eight hour wait to get on and i don't think fall guys is that out of control but it's just neat to see kind of out of nowhere what games actually stick because i'm assuming there's like dozens of games every month that go up on steam and so it's nice to see something that's not this trendsetter that's kind of this weird wacky little idea so i'm assuming every other game company now that's unoriginal is going to come out and try and make um these like obstacle course fuck other people over kind of almost like american gladiator type course things where you're just running through with your little avatar and so the video game world's kind of neat so we'll see how long this one goes um but it looks fun and it's only like a 20 dollar game so that was the thing too right like fortnite was free but the skins and the season passes would is where they would make their billions so i'm not sure where this game's going to make its money i think it's 20 dollar entry fee but i'm assuming to maybe pretty up your avatar will cost money who knows um but if it keeps going, it looks super fun. And the people that are playing it and putting up YouTube videos or streaming it on Twitch, it does look super entertaining and original and refreshing in the game genre that's kind of been squished down by Fortnite at the top of the channels for quite a long time. So we'll see how long that one goes. And But I just thought it was super funny. And it, it is a cute little game, right? Um, What else? What else? Oh, the last thing I'd kind of jotted down is as as controversial as i'll get and i probably won't talk about it super long but there's a giant twitter's a cesspool anyways but there's a giant debate going on now because one of the wonder woman 1984 posters was a prominent artist had drawn wonder woman as if she just had she was a normal body right like she didn't have the big amazon height build black hair he pretty much he or she i'm horrible i don't know the artist's history but pretty much the page of art was just wonder woman with an average body and so that created a huge uh spark on both sides because then you have the comic book fans wanting kind of mad like why did you make draw her this way and then you have the people that are kind of into the average body body positive type mind frame saying like why not she can be any woman right and so it makes me sad because I've been a comic book guy for probably 35, 40 years, and it feels like every little thing has been dragged down into being this battle about 
pillow correctness, wokeness, um, and has kind of lost its way and moved into this whole, they've dragged superheroes into this politically agenda-driven battle. And just, I don't like it. I think comic book sales are at an all-time low. I think DC just canceled a boatload of comics, including some pretty big names like Teen Titans and things like that. And so I think it's a sign of the times that hopefully things come around that the people that rise to the top aren't doing it for their own kind of ulterior motives. And at some point, a wave of really good writing, really good art, and just letting that be why people are buying comics instead of buying it for um, the wokeness of it or the message behind it. And I think it needs it. I've stopped buying ages ago. It just, it didn't feel the same as when I was buying hardcore in the 80s and 90s. And I do want to see the industry pick up and get going again and just kind of find its legs. And hopefully there's brilliant people out there everywhere brilliant artists brilliant writers um you can you can't say you're out of ideas like there's you just pick a character give them a good writer like one of my favorite runs in the world is called x factor and now one of my favorite characters of all time is multiple man and if you told me that as a kid that that would end up being my favorite character i think you were nuts because i was all in on batman but at the end of the day it is writing like you can have the coolest explosions and the biggest like, oh, who's going to die this month? Kind of like just cash grab writing, right? And so just as a long time comic person, I'm hoping that there's this wave of really good writing because it feels like the people that I really enjoyed when I was younger, they're kind of winding it up or they have retired or gone away. But I just... I want to see the industry as a whole kind of swing around and just kind of come back to where it was. It might be hard now that Marvel's owned by Disney because they're just going to want to put the thing through the ringer and make the most money that they can. Like, I think they just did a series where Captain America actually ended up was being part of Hydra, which is ludicrous, but people are running out of ideas, right? And it's like, at what point are they just going to have Batman grab a bunch of bazookas and blow the fuck out of the Joker, right? Like, there are ways to write things well and stay within the boundaries of a character and tell a good story. Um, but I don't know. The last time I read something phenomenally mind-blowing for Batman, maybe Hush, which is probably approaching 20 years ago. Um, Death and the Maidens. Yeah, it's been probably 20 years since something was mind-blowingly amazing Batman-wise for me. So, and you can do it. You can be creative. Like I said, X Factor, that entire run by Peter David, I know that he takes pride in writing well-written stories and things have repercussions that he will bring up in the future. And so he tells a winding story that involves all the characters. And I think at the end of the day, having a really well-done character drama is what matters. Like you want people invested in people so that if they something does happen, whether you kill them off or they go away, whatever, um, you you it makes you feel something right it's not just 20 bucks to read about something blowing up or some shock factor right so i'm going to leave it there that's me babbling once again for like 30 minutes uh let me know what you think have a good one